Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. so heartfelt you have shared so much of your soul and you have already walked such a soulful journey to be only barely 28 years old just had a birthday (laughs) happy birthday thank you um i'm holding your second book that you've written once again you're only 28 and you have (laughs) written two bestsellers this is called embrace your almost and you also wrote own your everyday and Basically, I love this book and I love this concept because you are talking about the power of what can really happen in the in-between moments and the moments when we have set these goals and we have gone hard for them and they fall so short just by a hair. Mm -hmm. And then you're left with the aftermath of that, which I know I felt before and you talk a lot. You're very open about miscarrying. I struggled with miscarriage as well. Mm -hmm. And that is devastating. Mm -hmm. And I am so sorry for that. Mm -hmm. And you share about those kind of moments where you pour your heart into something and you build a future and a plan, and then it doesn't work out and you're just left hanging. It's like, what are you supposed to do with yourself, with this energy? How are you supposed to find beauty in this? How are you supposed to make this okay? How do you move on? And that's what this whole book is about. So talk to me a little bit about you and where you gained all of this information. You have so much insight (laughs) to be so young, to have written all these books. I'm like, how do you know these things Uh, so young? It took me forever to learn anything. I'm almost 40 and I feel like I'm just now figuring things out. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I'm still learning a lot, but you know, I think a lot of it has just been one experience after the other. And the one hard thing I think about writing books in your twenties is you're kind of living it as you're writing it, which can be a beautiful thing and a really hard thing at the same time. 
all of the books, both of the books I've written have been rewritten multiple times in the process because stories are kind of unfolding or lessons are unfolding as you are living them. And, you know, you're not a lot of times, at least from this perspective, I think there's the benefit of your reader really feels like you're coming alongside of them. You might be like one step ahead of them in a certain experience or, or, you know, story, but Overall, it's not like this. I'm writing from, oh, 10 years ago when that happened. Now everything's peachy keen. You know, it's kind of like I'm writing from this. I'm living it with you. I'm walking just maybe a step ahead and I'm, I'm kind of taking you with me. And that's challenging as a writer, but I think it also is really beneficial as a reader. And so at least in my experience, you know, at least with this book, especially I, as you mentioned, had a lot of things professionally happen very early in my life. And I think that's just because I said yes early. I started at 20. I started. You're also like, you have endless amounts of energy. I feel like you are someone who has just got abounding energy. (laughs) I get a lot of sleep. And so my waking hours are full of a lot of energy. (laughs) Like when you're awake, are you like on it? You know, for the most part, I think it's been interesting to see how that's shifted in the last couple of years, um, just through heartbreak and through suffering. Like, I think, you know, grief and loss do shift this, like, I think I had kind of a, let's go after it. Let's take over the world, you know, and then the world kind of knocks you down over and over and over again. And that kind of shifts. So I think that that's been tamed a lot in the last couple of years, just through loss. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I just, I don't know. I guess I just try to rest a lot so that I have energy when I'm awake. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, you know, what's interesting about this book specifically is by the time I was 25 and I come back to this a lot because a lot of it was really good, but also a challenge that came with, you know, I started young. I said yes to just going for it. I started a small business when I was 20, almost 21 in college. And I think that on Etsy. gave me on Etsy. Yep. And yes. that's kind of how I got started on social media and writing and kind of just all evolved over time. Um, But what was really interesting is by the time I had turned 25, I had written my first bestseller. I released that just a few weeks before my 25th birthday. I had been on success 30 under 30s list. I had built a seven-figure brand. I had built a large following on social media. Like All of these things that look really glamorous on paper and sound really cool, right? All the things I'm like, that's the dream. And so what was interesting is I finished the year 2019 as a 25-year-old who had thought I had made it in life. Like I had had been married, you know? And at the end of the year, we found out we were pregnant. And I was like, wow, like check, You were check, like, check, you are checking it off, yep, girl. You got it going on. Everything was just working, right? And I just thought like, wow, life's amazing. <laughs> and then within a few weeks of that, found out, you know, I had lost that baby. And then it just kind of like, it was so fascinating and and hard how quickly things shifted because going into 2020, I had a miscarriage in January, then got pregnant again a couple months later. COVID hit right as I got pregnant again, miscarried that baby after three months of caring. So I was a much further along. That was quite shocking. And it was like all of a sudden, you know, everything had been going according to plan up until year 25 in my life. And then so you had no real big issues, problems, no, heartbreak. Really not. And that's the thing. Like great childhood, all everything was like overall. Good. I mean, yeah. you know, had I mean, some like, you know, normal things, you know, challenges in college and things, but nothing like horrible, no big, no, no big tra- no no big T trauma as my therapist right, says. Right. And then yeah. all of a sudden it was like back to back global crisis is hitting, personal crisis is hitting, like one thing after the other. And it was like a six month period of just like everything went sideways. And then it just kind of stayed that way for a while. And I was in the process of kind of drafting what this book was going to be when all of that was happening. And so that's what kind of shaped this message specifically, because I was like, you know, originally as I was kind of drafting it, the message, I was actually pregnant the second time. And the message was becoming that cliche, hey, if something doesn't work out, just like get up and try again. And to clarify, it's not a book about miscarriage by any means, but that was shaping my experience and my view of 
going because up until the age of 25, I had really felt like if you just do all the right things, things will go how you want. And I learned a really hard lesson really fast over the last couple of years that actually you can do all the right things and things can still go wrong. And that's not always your fault. And I think that that's a more real message. And so the message of the book kind of shifted from just get up and try again. It'll all work out if you, if you give it another shot to wait a second, what if you get up and try again and you keep running into brick walls, even when you're doing all the right things. And that applied in my pregnancy journey that applied in my professional journey. Cause COVID was affecting everything. Like it just suddenly was like, everything blew up in my face. And that's really what the book is supposed to be about because I think that's more real and it's not tied up in a pretty little bow. I didn't get to, you know, in that 10 month period that I was writing the book, you know, get pregnant, birth a baby, you know, have this, everything get restored professionally and be at the you, and Now it's all great. You know, you said you thought like kind of in the back of your mind when you're writing this book that you would be on the other side of it when yeah. the book came out and yeah, then you find yourself I, still in the middle. Yeah. And then I found myself having to go, I didn't realize how many different challenges, like once I started testing and we've uncovered one issue after the other, it was like, oh, this is going to take some time and some healing. And a pro- it's going to be a process to really get to where I want to be. And I wanted to go about it as naturally as possible. So it wasn't like an overnight, oh, just fix this and we'll be good. And so it was kind of like, whoa, a lot of time has passed and I'm not where I thought I'd be. It's a whole nother year later and this book is coming out. So anyways, it, yeah, it, it's really interesting because even in the, in a, book about unmet expectations and releasing a book about unmet expectations, I felt like, well, I'm kind of living that now. So you're really walking a lot. Yeah, totally. So that's, what's kind of interesting is there's really in the book and there's not this like happily ever after it's more like a happily ever almost. It's like, well, we're still on the journey, but I bet you are too. And I think that actually made the book a little bit more of a realistic and relatable message, to be honest, because how many of us want the, like, you know, perfect little full circle moment, the, you know, story that's tied up with a bow. And that actually takes a lot longer than we thought it would. And we find ourselves kind of in this in-between, this waiting, this valley, this uncertainty uh, that can arise when, when plans don't go according to plan, when things kind of fall apart in our life in one way or another. So that's kind of the heart behind the book is like, Hey, we're going to walk this journey together and we're going to figure out how to make it a little bit more bearable because I think we are so quick to resent that and want to run away from anything that feels uncertain or hard or like we're stuck because it's really like a feeling of being trapped sometimes when things don't go how we hoped. So anyway, that's kind of the, the, what shaped this message, especially because coming off on your every day, I was thinking like, we're owning every day we're on top of the world. And then it was like everything. Yeah. So tell me how you would describe, because they're like sisters, obviously they're Mm -hmm. from you. You, you've birthed both of these book children. How would you put them side by side? Like, what would you say own your everyday? What's the, how would that one be compared to embrace your almost like, how would they go side by side? Own your everyday. I would say it's really a roadmap when you're feeling like the pressure to prove and really unsure of what you want to do. If you've got a thousand dreams or you're feeling like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. That's really meant to be a guidebook to what do I do with that big question? And how do I start taking steps in the right direction? This book is, I've been pursuing my dreams or I found the direction or I know what I want next, but I just keep running into brick wall after brick wall, or I'm stuck in this season of waiting. It's not happening. I don't know why, what do I do with that? So, um, they pair well together, um, in many ways, but I feel like own your everyday takes you far. It's like, Hey, let's get clear on where we're going, why we're going there, et cetera. Um, 
actually that comes through in this book too. This book is all out about clarity in the middle of the uncertainty, but I think embrace your almost the best way I can describe it is it takes you deeper. It's really like, but what do you do when you're dealing with like immense disappointment and you know what dream you're pursuing, or you know what you really hope for or want out of life, whether that's a relationship or a child or a, a promotion or a business to work out or something else, maybe a, jo- a house or, or health or healing. And you've done all the things or you're trying to do all the right things and you just feel like you're not really getting anywhere or you're not getting where you want to be fast enough. That's really what this book is meant to kind of guide you through a little bit deeper. So I have never been a great planner ever. Like I have like winged my entire career. Like, so I, in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> I love, like, that's why like, I feel like, and I have had so many disappointments and mm-hmm. so many moments that I felt were just utter, like, especially when they first started happening. Like I remember my first one, I moved to Nashville to be a singer and I had, I paired up with John Wayne's granddaughter, Loretta Lynn's granddaughter. And we had all this momentum going and we're touring and everything happened, was happening and we got a record deal. And I had spent like seven years of my life now with them. And then, uh, my bandmate Taylor, Loretta's granddaughter got pregnant and just kind of like decided it just, the band, it wasn't just her. It was everything. We just, the band ended and fell apart literally from one day to the next. And in my mind, I was like, this was my whole life. This was everything I wanted to do. I could not see anything past this. I was like, I don't know who I am anymore because I had set all of my, all of my worth kind of, I had, I had, I was, I would lead with what I was doing, who I, who I, what I had accomplished. I wanted you to know that I had value because I have always struggled with self-worth, not feeling valuable. And so I was like, if I can accomplish enough, if I can be seen enough, if I can like achieve, achieve these dreams, then maybe I'll be valuable and worthy. Mm-hmm. And then like seeing it all fall apart and going down to square mm-hmm. one zero again. Yeah. I, that was the first time in my life where I was, I mean, I'd had other times of the first real big time where I was like, I think I'm depressed. Like, I think I like am totally depressed. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to rebuild. I don't even like my, like you're saying, like my big plan has completely fallen apart without Mm -hmm. my permission. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. what am I supposed to do? And like those seasons can be really dark. Now I've gone through so many of them that I realized they're actually, like you say in this book, they're actually incredible blessings. And I am so thankful for them because it gave you this experience. It gave you these opportunities and it puts you in life that you got to learn so much, but then you have to pivot. And in those pivots, you really do gain clarity, which I feel like you talk a lot about is clarity and like the, the blessings that come from things falling apart, which is you gain empathy. What are the things that you talk about? You gain empathy, you, the, um, yeah, discernment. I mean, it, it's interesting. Cause I feel like the way I try to see it is like the thing falling apart or going wrong, or the, especially if it's like tragedy, like the loss or the, you know, the heartbreak or whatever that itself isn't necessarily a blessing, but that doesn't mean good things can't come out of it. And I think that's really what the, the challenge is, is to like, look for the blessings afterwards. It doesn't mean that was good. And so things like, you know, increased empathy is something I think it really like those kind of things really deepen and sharpen your character. And it's so annoying because when you're going through them, you're like, I don't want my character sharpened. I just want the thing that I want. Right. Um, or your, you know, your discernment is another thing. Like I, I found that I was a lot more, especially after loss and, and professional things going sideways and various other dreams. I share a lot of examples in the book, but 
especially after some of those really big ones that really shifted my whole perspective on what matters in life. And when you come that close to life and death, like I did in those experiences with loss, it really shifted a lot. And so I became a lot more discerning about what I'm willing to say yes to, what I'm willing to say no to, what's really right for me, what's not, who, what voices I listen to. I think we just get a little bit more choosy and critical on wait a second, what, what am I doing? And I think there's a lot of clarity that comes with that. Again, I think another one of the good things that can come out of these obstacles that we face is clarity on, wait, hold on. It gives us like a moment to pause, to take a step mm-hmm. back. And go, wait a second. Where am I going? Why am I going there? Is this really the right thing for me to be pursuing? If so, how do I adjust my approach and try this again? And if not, what do I need to be doing differently? Because I think also sometimes we run into huge disappointment And then when we take a step back, we realize, wait, that was kind of an arbitrary dream. Like with pregnancy and family, like I realized that is absolutely a priority for me. So that started to shift how I viewed other things and gave me a lot of clarity on what I'd say yes to and what I'd say no to, et cetera. But at the same time, there were other things. For example, we owned a home that we were renovating and fixing up. And it was like, you know, on multiple, multiple acres, lots of land. And it was a total stressor in our life. And when we stepped back to go, wait a sec, like, is this really right for us? We had that realization of, why are we doing this? Like, it just looks good on Instagram. It's fun to share, but there's like literally no real deeper reason as to why we're doing it. And so sometimes what you'll find is those things that those setbacks, those broken dreams, those unmet expectations that really feel like obstacles are actually also maybe an obstacle in one way, but also an opportunity in another way to take that step back and ask those critical questions and get really clear. Am I pursuing something arbitrarily because maybe Mm -hmm. it sounds good or I thought it would be fun or it impresses somebody but if I really evaluate if that's something I value, it's actually really not. And maybe I need to make a change. And so in our case, like we sold our house and we simplified and we were like, let's just keep, let's focus on health, healing, family, et cetera, not renovating a 1950 something farmhouse. Right. <laughs> and maybe we'll do that again in our forties. Cause that is something we like to do, but it's not a priority. Right? It's not the so, season for it. Exactly. And so I think a, another one of those big gains that can come out of the, the pain that we don't always want to experience or the setbacks we don't want to experience is clarity on what am I pursuing that's aligned with what I value and what am I pursuing arbitrarily? So everything from patience to empathy, to discernment, to clarity, like these are things that we don't want to have to gain through the refining fire of hardship or setbacks. But sometimes that, that kind of thing is the only thing that will stop us and slow us down long enough so that we can really start learning those things and and asking those questions and implementing them. Because isn't the goal to get to the knowing of who we really are? Mm -hmm you know? And well, and what we really want in a world that's constantly telling us that you should want it all. And that's even when you were asking the question about like, they're kind of sister books. That's kind of the whole point of embrace your almost is like, not only just navigating how to go deeper, but also when you do that, what you're going to find is you're going to get clear on what you value and what you actually want to be pursuing. Cause there are messages everywhere telling you, you should want this. You should do that. You can have it all. Here's what it looks like. And what if all to you looks entirely different than what's being marketed, right? Like we have to get really clear on that. And I think, unfortunately, we don't take the time or really practice the discernment to get clear on that until something really hard, like throws us off course or sets mm-hmm. us, you know, set, turns us, you know, the way we didn't want to go. And so, yeah, I think, like you said, it's the goal is figuring out who am I? What do who am I? And where am I going? And why am I going there? Why? Because a lot of times we don't know why we're even pursuing what we're pursuing. It's the next right thing or whatever. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. I feel frozen. <laughs> Just do yeah. the next right thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. I <laughs> feel like... Um, Forever. I didn't know what was my yes or what was my no. So I said yes to everything. And like, that was like a good season for me because I said yes to everything, but I also like was aware enough to take inventory of it during that time to realize, okay, like this is stressing me out. This doesn't feel good. I don't feel aligned. And it's like through saying yes to everything for a while, I was able to understand like, where am I actually in line like where do I feel at home like where am I because that's the feeling I look for now with everything I do because now I'm actually like a no person I used to be like a yes person but now I'm like a no person everything is a no to me until I get a feeling of like peace and then I'm like okay then I'll do a yes because I when you say yes to everything you're saying no to other things and so it once that's why I love your whole message of this book is like having that discernment, figuring out what your why is, figuring out what your purpose is. Because once you really start to hone in on it, then you don't feel so scattered and you don't feel so strung out and you don't feel overwhelmed, like chasing because you're like, I'm actually going to follow my soul and what I came here to do. And like, I, and like really speak the message. However, I feel gifted to do that, you know, instead of just trying so hard to do everything for everyone to be everything. Yeah. And I think that's really, I think why these, this, these lessons were so pivotal for me in the time that it was, because like I had mentioned up until that point, I had achieved a lot, but I had also completely burned myself out. I had been saying yes to everything. Cause when you're in your early twenties and you're getting these cool opportunities, you're like, you gotta yes, go. yes, 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 absolutely. You got to go for it. Absolutely. And I think there's, again, that was such a gift in so many ways, but that's also not sustainable for a long period of time. And so while that had many benefits to giving me a solid start and getting me going, there was, it also kind of came to a point where I didn't even know how to find, figure out like what was right and what was wrong for me in that season, because I was so afraid to miss the opportunity. I get that feeling. The reason we, yeah, I think that's part of the reason we always say, we say yes, when we really want to say no, because we're so afraid that the opportunity is going to pass us by. And I think over the last few years, since going through like loss and setbacks and waiting and all of the things, 
it really gave me that discernment to really clarify what is actually aligned. But also, I think it also really um, pushed me to ask the harder questions and to really get I think more picky about the right yeses and the right noes because I had to kind of come to this understanding of what's meant for you isn't going to pass you by. And if right. you're living with this like scarcity mentality of like, I have to say yes to everything because I don't know if I'll ever get this opportunity again, you're actually operating from a place of fear and scarcity rather than from a place of like trust and abundance. And that was something that I think through hardship and and almost there was, you know, some points there where I wasn't even able to say yes to things because I was either physically going through something or, you know, grieving and just not in a good headspace or whatever. And so I had to learn like, oh, that doesn't mean that all the good things are going to pass me by. I just may have to be okay with growing a little slower or not necessarily having every single opportunity all at once, you know? And so the downside to having a lot of those opportunities early is I didn't know how to pick and choose and really like discern which ones were right and which ones were not right until I got really kind of laid on my back, you know, and Mm -hmm. had to start being a little bit more choosy and had to really start being a little bit more intentional about what I was saying yes to. So anyway, I think just the point is coming back to that reminder of like, it's not to say just sit on your, you know, just sit on your couch and just wait until something beautiful just arrives. Like it doesn't mean that you don't work or you don't put yourself out there or say yes to things. But I think if you find that you're saying yes to everything out of fear of other people's opinions or missing an opportunity or all of the above, coming back to that truth of like, what's meant for me isn't going to pass me by. And that doesn't mean that I should do nothing, but I also can be a little bit more intentional about saying no, if I need to say no. So what are your personal guides and guidelines for a yes now? You know, the, I, and I walk, I walk through this in the book, but the way I describe it is I really try to have a present priority. I use that term because when you say like one priority, it sounds like you're getting rid of all the other responsibilities in your life, right? Like my marriage is a priority. My work is a priority. My home is a priority. Like there's so many priorities, but priorities isn't meant to be a plural word. It was always meant to be like, it was meant to mean the primary thing, right? The, the first thing. And so I've really tried to break every like couple of months. I try to come back to, is my present priority the same or does it need to change? So for example, I, I walked through this example in the book, but when we were, you know, going through that season of a lot of loss and just kind of in this, you know, uncertain place and trying to figure out what the next steps looked like, we really, as a couple, my husband and I came to this understanding that what needs to be the present priority in the next like six to 12 months of our life needs to be health and healing. And so what we started to do is we started to look at all the different things we had committed to all the things in our life that were taking up our time, energy, talent, et cetera. And saying, does that help this priority or does it take away from the priority? The house example that I shared a little bit ago, it took away farmhouse. It absolutely took away. It was a stressor. So that had to go. And you know what? Like you said, maybe down the road, you'll have time and energy and all the joy to do that. But if it's not giving you joy, that's, I agree. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta let it go. Yep. So now I, I I kind of implemented that practice. Just originally, it was just kind of like a short-term thing. Like, okay, what do I need to focus on? What needs tending in my life? Like what needs the most attention right now? Okay. Clearly, clearly there's some health and some healing issues that we need to focus on. So whatever doesn't support that needs to either be delegated or done differently or set aside for a while or changed. Whatever does support that needs to stay. So that was kind of how I started making decisions kind of in that time of crisis, but then it just kind of became a practice. Like it just kind of became a consistent thing. And so, you know, 
every couple of months, I just come back to that question of, does the present priority need to stay the same or does it need to change? And if it needs to change, what needs tending now? You know, is it my marriage? Is it my business? Like, okay, I really put a lot of energy into health and healing. And I feel like I got to a really good place and I've developed more sustainable rhythms, but in the process, I really kind of, you know, slowed down in my business. So maybe it's time to put the gas pedal on that. So that is going to be the present priority for the next few months. That's an example. But my point is like that question alone, I think is so helpful because then we can actually position all of our other responsibilities and all of our other to-dos and tasks and all the things we have on our plates around and in a way that really supports that priority. Sometimes it's just to adjust to our approach. It doesn't mean you like quit your job, right? It's just, okay, maybe I'm shifting the way I'm using my resources or I'm shifting the way that I'm, you know, my morning routine or whatever to better support that priority. So I think that is a really simple way to start making decisions of does this yes, would this yes support the present priority or would it take away? Would this no support the present priority or would it take away? And I think that can really just be a helpful guide. And then, you know, really what that is asking, another way of asking that same question is why? If I say yes to this, why would I say yes to it? Yes. So many times we just focus on the what and we don't really know the why. And if the why is arbitrary, if it's, it sounds good, my friends did it, somebody, somebody else lost 10 pounds, somebody else Mm -hmm. made X amount in their business, somebody else did X, Y, or Z. If that's really the only like reason that you feel excited or determined to do that, that's not a very good why. Versus if you're like, I need to do this to like get my spark back. I feel like I need to do something creative and, and, you know, make an impact in, in this way or I need to, I want to do this because I want to feel better. Like if you've got some sort of like deeper driving why, then that's a better reason to say yes to an opportunity or to an invite or to something else. So really just coming back to what's my present priority and why would I say yes to this? Does it support that priority? Does it not? And how can I make sure that the things I say yes to are aligned and not arbitrary? So you say there's three most important questions that you need to ask Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they, yeah, so they are. So it's, what do I, what do uh-huh. I want to do? Or what do, like, what do I really want? And it, you can ask that in like specific areas. So if you're thinking about career wise, well, what do I really want out of that? So like, what and if then- someone says like, I don't know, like, I have no idea. Like, how do we go deeper into that? Like, how is it like, okay, so someone's like, yes, what do I want? And then they're like, I have no idea. <laughs> the way that I kind of look at that is because that's a really big question. And so I don't mean like, what do you want? in your entire life. I would say, again, think short-term, but a little bit more big picture. So like a year from now, what do you want to be spending your days doing? Like, how would you let, and you might not know the exact, like, oh, I want to be a dentist. Like you may not know the exact type of work, but what I mean is how do you want to feel in your work? How do you want your days to look? What type of, you know, do you want to be able to go? And if you're thinking about work specifically, this is just an example, but let's say you're trying to figure out what you want professionally. Well, what do you not, I think sometimes it starts with, what do I not want? What isn't working right now? What do I not like about what I'm doing professionally? Okay. So then maybe I would like maybe more of a remote position or actually, no, maybe I'd really like to be in an office. Like everyone's going to have a different answer to that. But sometimes it's helpful to kind of think a little bit ahead, like a year to three to five years from now, maximum. Like if I could draw my professional, like how I'm working, are you spending your days being creative? Are you spending your days talking to people? Are you spending your days, you know, working with your hands, like asking those kind of questions just to get a little bit more of direction. It may not, it may not be a crystal clear, like, ah, so now I need to go back to nursing school, but it'll give you some sort of direction of like, okay, this is how I, this is the lifestyle I'm working toward. This is the vision I'm working toward. This is why, because then the second question is, why do I want that? So you may say, I want more flexibility in my work. And then when I ask you the question, why you might be like, I actually don't know. 
It just sounds nice versus if you say, well, I'd like to have a family or I have a young family and I want to have more time with them, or I'd like to go visit my grand or my parents and my grandparents. Cause they're getting older. Like I want to have the flexibility to go do that. Like if you have a legitimate reason as to why you want flexibility, great. But I think a lot of people just say they want flexibility. Cause that sounds like the like thing that people should want, but you may not actually have a really strong reason for that. And you may actually like being in an office with people and clocking in and having structure. So you have to really ask that second question of, well, why do I think I want the things I've just said I wanted and getting some, some clear answers to that will be helpful. And then the second, the third question is how am I going to steward that? Like, how am I going to take one step at a time to start moving in that direction? I think a lot of times, once we set a a little bit of an idea of this is where I want to go and this is why I want to go there. It's so overwhelming to figure out like, okay, well, that feels super far from my reality now. Mm-hmm. And so really just asking the question of, okay, in the next 30 days, how can I move myself 1% closer? How can I take like one micro step closer to that? Is it that I, I don't know, if you say you want flexibility, is it that you decide to start, I don't know, pick up a camera and start you know, doing free photo shoots for your friends so that you can start practicing and maybe consider doing that as a side hustle. Maybe eventually you could do something with that full-time trying stuff is the point, like putting yourself. And that's even a known your every day is like talking about the importance of trying stuff and allowing yourself to try stuff without overcommitting yourself. Just, okay, let me take one step in that direction. Let me dip my toe in the water and see how that feels. Let me see if I can move myself just 1% closer to where I want to go so that I am actually moving and moving the needle, even if it's not overhauling my life overnight. So That's the three questions. What do I want? And that's a little bit of guidance on how to even start thinking about what you might actually want. And you can actually think about that in like specific areas. You don't have to think your whole life. You could just say, what do I want professionally? Or what do I want when it comes to my family? Or what do I want when it comes to my living situation? Really start getting clear on that. Why do I want that? Once you're clear on that, then you can ask the third question, which is the, how am I going to go about that? Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. It is so true and so important to know your why and your what I, um, one of my good friends is Julie Solomon. She's an author too. She just wrote a book called get what you want. And I interviewed her as well. And she talks a lot about 
purpose and passion. And I never knew there was a difference between a passion and a purpose. I thought mm -hmm. they were the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know that like your purpose is your what, your overarching, like this is what I am going for. Like, mm -hmm. and her, her, hers was like a feeling, like, what is it? Like she wants freedom. And then your passions are your what, like, how do I get mm -hmm. there? Here are mm -hmm. things that I have within myself to get there. And it's like mm -hmm. having these things identified, like you're talking about asking these questions. Mm -hmm. It is so important to know why you're doing something mm -hmm. to know what is motivating you mm -hmm. and not just getting in the autopilot of life because like life will pile it on fast. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I love that you have spent so much time thinking about this at such a young age, because I feel like even at like at your age, especially like I, I know myself, I've always been a deep thinker, but like, I was so lost in the swirl of my mind. I didn't know how to have the clarity of thought, you know, mm -hmm. of like, what am I doing anything for? I just was like mm -hmm. following the next open door that felt right, which was actually trusting my inner guidance system. Now that I'm older, I can look back and see that. Like you said, mm -hmm. you wrote this in the middle. You weren't 10 years mm -hmm. out of it. Like I can look back on my twenties and be like, mm -hmm. okay, this all makes sense now, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I didn't know why I was doing anything really. Mm -hmm. It didn't, it is so important to know your why, like, what mm -hmm. am I going for? And like, I still am struggling with my like overarching purpose. Like, what is my goal? Like, what am I doing with my gift that I have identified? Like, what is the purpose I'm trying to share with the world? Like, what mm -hmm. do I feel like I'm contributing? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've really had to, I always felt really overwhelmed by that question of like, what's your why? And I think sometimes you don't even really know the answer to that until you have something really, um, I don't know if big is the right word, but like, I didn't know the answer to that until I had some hardship and some setbacks that really honed in like, Oh, this is actually what I value. And this is, it gives you perspective, but I think you can even ask that question. Even if you're like, I don't know what my big why is like, I don't know what my why is for everything in my life and everything I'm working toward, but you may be able to break that down to even just like, well, why do I want to lose weight? Or why do I want to grow a business? Or why do I want to get a promotion or what, you know, like even just having a clear why for the things that you are pursuing in terms of your goals, even if each one is a little bit different, they should all support each other. But, you know, just it, it helps to actually to everything that you think you want to do or every everything you're pursuing. I've just found like sometimes it actually gives me more clarity on like really what the foundational why is and what it all kind of there's usually common themes in one way or another, like freedom is the common theme or, you know, family time is the common theme or whatever. Um, but regardless, coming back to asking it to each specific thing that you're doing is actually a really helpful way to audit the things that you say yes to and things you say no to and what's on your plate. But it also gives you a lot of clarity on that why. Because I think when we just ask this question of like, what's your why? A lot of us are like, I don't know. It's the same question of, well, what do you want? I don't know. That's why you have to kind of break it into these more specific things. Like, okay, well, where would you like, to, what would you like your work to look like a year from now? Regardless or whatever topic, where would you like, how would you like to feel physically a year from now? Oh, you want that chronic pain to be gone? Okay. Well then like, what's the first step you need to take toward yes. that? Right. So like, that's where it's like, break it down to the different areas of your life, the different focuses of your life, the, the health, the, the work, the family, the different things, and then start asking, well, why do I want to do that? Or what do I really want out of this? And then how do I start going about that? Because that's really where you're going to get a lot more clarity. I think when you just ask these big urethral questions that just feel so like hypothetical, it's hard to boil it down when you can put it to something more tactical. Like, why do I want to make a hundred thousand dollars this year? Why do I want to do X, Y, or Z? That's going to give you so much more clarity. And you're going to start to see that usually there's a common theme behind all of your answers. That is so true. Mm -hmm. So you have been in the season, season of waiting and you talk about it and the season of in between just with like your 
uh, your journey to motherhood mm-hmm. and like all the things you've gone through your journey of motherhood. Mm-hmm. What have you gained from it? What have you gained? What have you taken from this season that you, it's unexpected. Yeah. Um, you know, I think overall there's, I talk about this a little bit in Embrace Your Almost, but there's, there was a point where, especially like the year following my losses, when I was kind of in, in that initial, like investigative, I feel like there was like a year of investigation. And then their last year has been a lot more like healing, implementing, taking, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but that investigative year was really weird because I should have been ha- raising one of the babies that I lost. And I felt like there was this weird void. And I just felt like, I don't really know what to do with myself. And I really wanted to just get super busy and overcommit myself work-wise. Cause that's how I like deal with stuff and how I've dealt with stuff in the past. And I reached out to a friend of mine who um, walked through something really similar a handful of years earlier and went on to have her family and everything else. But she was kind of in that valley that in between for a while. And I shared with her that kind of feeling of, I just want to get super busy. Like I want to distract myself. I want to crowd my schedule and just like crush it at work, you know, and I burned myself out doing that. So I knew that was a terrible idea, but that's what I wanted to do. And she said, you know, I totally get that, especially as an achiever, but you don't have to overcommit yourself and like burn yourself out. In fact, I think this is a time where you can learn to be more present and still, which is something you will need when the next season comes. And it was really kind of a challenge. And she kind of, she positioned it as like, this is your boot camp to learning to be more still and present. And she said, that doesn't mean don't do anything, but like the way that you move in the meantime really matters. So like be intentional about the things that you fill this time with. And so that really became a challenge to me. Like, okay, I don't know how long this is going to take to find all these answers and heal and all the things that I need to do and that I want to do from the, you know, like I said, kind of the more natural perspective. However, I know this is going to be a little bit of a process. So I loved this idea of like enlisting myself in a boot camp. And so I took that time to, especially like the first year afterwards, where it just felt really un, like, just un, like I, I kind of got like, I think I, I don't know if the right word is like used to, but I, I kind of like found a rhythm. But when you're first in this place, like this was not how life was supposed to look. What is going on? Like it just feels so stressful and overwhelming. And so I enlisted myself in this boot camp and I was like, what am I going to fill this with? Like, yes, I'm still going to work intentionally, but I don't want to like burn myself out again. So how can I make this a little less miserable? Right. So I started doing different things. One of which was I just started to figure out what do I want to learn about? What am I curious mm. about? And what do, what's interesting to me? So I asked my dad to teach me to play poker because I thought that was interesting and not that I ever needed to learn, but it was just something fun. I played video poker with him and like that's at a casino, you know? So like asked him to teach me to play poker. I started reading books on women's health and hormones. I started, you know, there was just, I started learning how to garden. Like, I just was like, what am I curious about? Oh, and you I, like, did something learn? with the gardening. You yeah. did something yep. with the gardening that I think is so powerful. Yeah. Like when you so were, that, was it when you're pulling weeds? Yeah. So that was, so the second thing was I learned, I, I really leaned into what I want to learn. The second thing was I wanted to get some sort of hobby because I have that personality type that turns <sighs> everything into a job. I'm like, Oh, I <laughs> like it. It's a passion. Monetize it. Right. I love that. I'm like, what is something that I cannot monetize easily? Gardening. Perfect. So well, you'll <laughs> probably figure out a way to uh, probably my personality, but I've, I've had that as a hobby for the last like couple of summers now. And what's been really fun for me in that is um, I've, I've, I mean, every year I've gotten better. The first year was a total fail. And I wrote about that in the book. Um, but there was something that kind of what you mentioned is one day I was, it was, I was doing yard work. It wasn't really gardening, but I was doing yard work at our old house before we sold it. And 
that was right after like two months after my second loss, which I was like almost 14 weeks. Everything was like going perfectly. So I had a real, and I had all sorts of like physical complications. So it was a really rough healing process for me. And that was part of the reason why I was like, never again till we figure this out. Um, And I also love just a side note, like, I love that you weren't scared to be vulnerable with your experience. And like, you went outside and like broke plates and like got angry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And this is in the book. (laughs) I literally, I I was so mad. Well, I think because I was so, we had just taken our announcement pictures. We thought it was like our miracle. And you had done like a beautiful picture under a rainbow. And like, oh yeah. I mean, it's, there was it's so hard. Much. God, I know how it feels. Like it's hard to let yourself be excited. And you, I, you were saying this in the book, like you had just started to like, let yourself yep. have it. Well, I hit the 12 week mark. We had this, I know that's like the moment. Yep. And we had an 11 and a half week ultrasound. Everything was beautiful. And I was just at that, like, finally I was like, I think it's going to be okay. And of course like, I'm going to let myself be happy. Yeah. And I, it was just one of those moments where when everything went wrong, I was so for lack of a better word, pissed. Like I yeah. was so mad and yeah. I mean, I was hurting and I was sad, but I was like, first it was just, it's beyond a feeling yeah. that you can comprehend. Yeah. And I grabbed these old plates that we had in our cabinet that I always hated. They were like these ugly blue <laughs> turquoise plates. And I was like, why do we even have these? And I just went out on my driveway and just like smashed them into the concrete like a psycho. And Did it help like, relieve sure some of that energy? What's that? Oh yeah. It, I mean, it was like, it was a way. Cause the hard part was like, I, especially at that point, like I couldn't go and like do a hard workout because I was about to have a surgery. Like I was physically pregnant, you know what I mean? So you can't just like kill yourself working out. So I was like, how can I release like some of this anger in a way that's not going to hurt other people in a way that's not going to hurt myself, but that like is violent in some way. And so that was the way I was able to get it out. I love Um, how like thoughtful you were even about releasing the anger. (laughs) uh, It was a process, but anyways, so that summer was a really rough summer and that was also what led to like this kind of this like long break. And then unfortunately like kind of a subsequent waiting season, but I needed that for my mental health, physical health, everything. And what was interesting is I was doing some yard work one day, once we had decided we were going to sell the house and I came across these really big weeds that I'd grown over the summer. Like they were not like, they were weeds that were like taller than me, like kind of like mini trees. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I'm using shovels, like trying to get these things out and they were not budging. And I finally kind of loosened a few of them and I was really struggling with getting them out. And so I decided to just do something because I needed, it was another one of those things where I needed some sort of like release of like energy and everything. And I decided I'm going to assign each one of these weeds a lie. And I said, because I just needed to get, I knew that like I had just, as I was working in the yard, I remembered something my therapist had said earlier, like a couple of weeks earlier, she said, be careful how often you think of something. It only takes 200 thoughts to become a belief. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Be careful how how often you think something because it only takes 200 thoughts to become a belief. And you know what's crazy, Jordan, is so many of us don't realize that. And we have based our whole life and belief system on lies that we have gathered. Yep. Well, and that was really, and I remember when she said that to me, it kind of shocked me because I had been sharing with her. The reason she even said that is because I had been sharing with her. I have been believing and feeling like, it's my fault. Like, this is never going to happen for me. Like God has forgotten about me. Like, like I'm, you know, like I was just feeling a lot of feeling and I was feeling a lot of comparison. There were all these thoughts that were just like infiltrating my mind. And all of that said, like, those were just kind of simmering. And when I share that with her, she's like, says, you know, careful how often you think that it only takes 200 thoughts to become a belief. And once it becomes a belief, it's a lot harder to uproot and get out. Mm. And so what was really interesting is I was like, well, I think I've thought that like 4,000 times. So like (laughs) we're long past that, you know? (laughs) And so when I was pulling out these weeds, I was reminded of this idea that like, it's harder to uproot something once it becomes a belief and it's no longer just a thought. And so 
and I was having a hard day that day anyway. And so I was like, I'm going to assign each one of these weeds, one of the lies that I'm believing. Because I'm going to uproot this the, lie. Yeah. Just to be something like physically significant of like having some say over what I w- am willing to believe and what I'm not. And so I would, you know, with each weed, there was like six or seven big ones. And so I was like, this is the lie that it's my fault. This is the lie that it's never going to happen for me. And every time I did that, it was weird. It, it was hard, but there was like this superhuman strength. It feels so good. Determined. Oh my gosh. I mean, I was so sore for days afterwards, but I was able to get these out of the ground every time I would assign like a lie to it. I think it's because I was so determined. Like, no, I'm not going to let this be a lie that like is a banner over my life. Like this cannot be a thing anymore. And so it didn't necessarily, you know, overnight shift. Like I no longer struggle with that thought, but it was like a turning point for me personally. It was like a moment of like, I do have some say over what I believe. I'm not just a victim to every thought that I have, and I'm not going to let this just like define me, you know? And I think that was really kind of a point where I started to make the turn away from, yep, this is just life. And this is a reality. And this is a, this is a lie, but I've made it a truth to no, I can be really aware that that's a lie. And I'm going to start having some say over what I believe and what I don't. So Anyways, kind of through gardening and getting involved with working in the dirt and in yard work and all of that, that was an exercise that was really beneficial for me. But, um, but that's so anyway. true that you found a place to put your energy and your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Cause what do they say? An idle mind is a devil's playground. Yep. So yep. it's like when we are in these seasons of waiting and huge disappointment and sadness mm-hmm. and, and fear that like yeah. we may not get what we yes. truly desire. Yeah. It is so easy to be form these beliefs exactly what you're saying and it's so easy to like lock into them to let them become who we are to like start identifying with them Mm -hmm. as as who we are so Mm -hmm. the fact that you were conscious and aware enough and reached out and that's another thing you have in here is like reach out to people like reached out to someone who had gone through this who had gotten to the other side and Mm -hmm. who had walked this walk and could give you advice that is helpful for you. And like that you were able to say, okay, I'm going to figure out ways to spend my time earning, to spend my time growing, to spend my time like developing other areas of my life instead of just staying stuck in this holding zone. Well, and that's the thing. I think when it feels like you're stuck in some place that you didn't expect to be and lifeless and you don't know how to get out of it. Right. And sometimes it's so out of your control. You can't get out of it. Right? And like with pregnancy, right. it's right. totally out of your control. Like I, it's like you literally can do everything and it's still out of your control. Yeah. So that was kind of where I was like, okay, I know that this whole, like trying to build our family journey is going to be on pause for a little bit as we work through some of this stuff, but also like, I just need something to keep me sane. So that's why I started learning new things. I started getting hobbies that really felt like, and this is what's I think really key about like taking on hobbies, especially if you find yourself in a place where you're like, I didn't want to be here. Um, finding a hobby that produces fruit or that like mm. has, a, has an outcome because like things like I love to walk, I love to read. Those things are great. Um, but there's not really anything to like show for that afterwards. And as somebody who like needs to feel like I'm being productive, it's not that I need to be productive in the sense that I need to be working all the time, but like with gardening, it's like, okay, there's something for me to enjoy at the end. Like there's an outcome to this or like with DIY projects, that makes something so much I can sense. enjoy in my house or with baking, you have baked goods. You can now go gift to friends or donate to your local, you know, organizations or like share with your family. Like there's, I think finding a hobby, something you enjoy doing that you get to then enjoy or gift or like see the result of afterwards helps Love you that. stay committed to doing that hobby. So that's the second thing. The third thing that I really focused on doing was, um, what did I, let me think, hold on. I'm trying to remember all the things. So I did. Yeah. So the third thing was really investing in my health. And I think sometimes when we get so busy in life and things are going our way, we're kind of the last thing we think about. Like, 
if it's just, everything's fine, everything's fine. Right. And then we find ourselves not feeling fine someday. And so you've really had a lot of health issues, right? You've been on a health journey. Yeah. I feel like you're like, so interesting. You yeah, like researched it and studied it. And like you found all these yeah. things that are happening in health products. It's just amazing. Yeah, that too. That's been a whole journey. But what's so crazy is I was like 25 when I had my, both my losses and, um, overall, anybody would look at me and be like, you're pretty healthy overall. Like you exercise regularly, you eat well, you're in shape. Like I didn't have, I wasn't on medications. Like I had no, like, I didn't have chronic health issues, anything that was like I was aware of. And then when I started digging, I found like I had different blood clotting disorders. I had different immune stuff that was happening. I had, um, some thyroid stuff going on. Like I had, I had hormonal imbalances. Like I had different things that just were like barely like manifesting themselves other than in pregnancy, like outside of pregnancy, I would have been completely blissfully unaware of them until I started like, Oh, and then I had like really severe adrenal fatigue and different things. And it was funny. Cause I didn't really realize how different it was until I started healing those things. And then my mood was more stable and I was resting more and I was sleeping better. And I was like, Oh, like I'm not as dependent on caffeine. And like, I didn't even realize that I was like struggling with those things. So it's crazy how you can think like you're so healthy. And then you start digging into it and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm on a path for like absolute destruction. If I don't get like some of this stuff taken care of, you know, so it could have gotten a lot worse. So in a way I'm like, it's kind of sucky that it had to be through that experience, but those were the things, the type of things that really prompted me to start digging into things and making some changes to kind of heal and like get to a place of better health. So anyways, but I really took that season to kind of mother myself. Like I thought mm. I was going to be mothering a baby, but I was like, okay, well, there's a lot of things that I didn't know were going on internally that probably need to be addressed. And so I took some time to really invest in my health and mother myself. Um, another thing that I think has been really beneficial and something that I really recommend doing, if you find yourself feeling like you're just on this journey to this mountaintop, that seems to be an endless climb. Like every step you take, you still find like you're still in the same place. Um, I also really find that trying to do things you've always wanted to do, like checking things off your bucket list can be so fulfilling in that time because you know, when you're, if you use the metaphor of like hiking a mountain and you're hiking to the mountaintop or the the desired destination of having a family or, you know, having a better career or better health or whatever it is that you're working toward, um, that journey can feel really long when it takes longer than you thought. And so trying to do things that make it a little bit more enjoyable, like having a hobby, like learning some new things, like checking things off your bucket list. Like my husband and I went on a hot air balloon ride because we've always wanted to do that, but we just never made the time for it. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Letting yourself enjoy it. Like, I love the whole, like, you can grieve and have joy at the same time. Like, you can be devastated, but also have, like, fulfillment and something else. So it's like, you can be devastated in one area of your life that it's not working out the way you Mm -hmm. want to and be pursuing, you know, working on that. 
but also accepting where it is and then also allowing yourself like you said to have joy yeah. in these other areas like yeah. why can't, why can't just because you're not where you want to be in the motherhood journey like why can't you enjoy this hot air balloon ride with your husband right. and fully right. enjoy it like why right. do you have to make yourself sad in that moment too it's like yeah. I, I have to tell myself those things a lot I think I think it's really natural as a human to be like oh should I be happy right now because like like I shouldn't be happy. happy and I think a lot of times we're we're tempted without even realizing it to put our life on hold until we get the things that we want because we feel right. like for example I think there's a lot of people who maybe and I've had many conversations with friends who didn't want to take the trip that they've always wanted to take because they always thought they would do that with their husband. Right. Or like maybe don't do the hot air balloon or the thing that they've wanted to do because they wanted to share that with their kids. Like, it's like, okay, well, who's to say you can't do that. If that season ever comes, like you can still go enjoy it now. Right. And I've had to work through that too. Of like, Oh, I thought this 4th of July or this Christmas or this, you know, milestone in life, we'd be unboxing it, unboxing presents or, you know, on a boat with our children, but instead they're not here. And I have to like make peace with that, but that doesn't mean I can't like enjoy the time that I'm doing it. And so I think the biggest thing is like, when you're not where you want to be, don't put your the whole life on hold or don't avoid the yes. things you've always wanted to do because you're waiting for someday or for maybe yes. like you're going to miss out on so much of life. And I think that's really the main lesson here is like, whether it's through learning new things or a hobby or taking care of your health or checking things off your bucket list or all of the above. And there's a couple other things too, that I added to that list in my bucket list season, but those are a few examples. And whether it's any of those things, like if you allow yourself to lean into those, those are going to prepare you. Like, I think a lot of times we, it's beneficial to like prepare for the next season that we're hoping for or the next thing, the promotion, the new house, the, the job, the parent, the, or the, the parenting, whatever it may be. But like, let's say it's like marriage. Let's say that's the thing you're really hoping for. I don't recommend like preparing by reading a bunch of books on marriage if you haven't even like met your person, but you can prepare by going to therapy, by finding things that make you a more interesting person. Preparing yourself. By growing yourself. Human. Yes. By growing yes. as a human and by, by doing things that bring you joy, that grow you, that broaden your perspective, that then you'll meet you the person that is actually a great match for you because you've done all this work to know what right. you even want in a partner. That, that, and I think you just bring so much more to the relationship totally. or to the family or to the job or to the, whatever it is that you're like kind of holding out for. I think if you allow yourself to really lean into, okay, this journey is hard. It's taking forever. It's had some really painful moments, but I'm just going to keep hiking, but I'm going to, instead of just sitting down and pouting and getting angry, I mean, there may be a moment you need to do that to like, we all do. Um, but, but instead of just sitting there and saying, well, I give up, this is horrible. It's saying like, what can I do to make this journey a little bit more enjoyable? How can I make this climb a little less miserable? Okay. Maybe I bring a friend along. Maybe I, you know, sit down and have a picnic. Maybe I do something I've always wanted to do. Like the idea is how do you make this journey a little bit more worthwhile to feel like, and and not only will it make it more enjoyable as you're in it, but it'll actually make you a more well-rounded person, a more prepared parent, a more suitable job, job candidate, a more, you know, interesting partner, like whatever it may be, if their next season comes and when the next season comes. And so it's not wasted energy to do those things, but rather than just busying yourself and burning yourself out with, you know, busy work or things you don't actually want to be doing, really just be like, lean into what can I do to enjoy this? As much as it feels like I'm enduring something, how can I make the enduring a little bit more enjoyable? And sometimes those few different things, finding hobbies, learning new things, checking things off your bucket list, really finding ways to pour into your own health, like different things like that can be ways to do that even when it feels kind of like you're stuck. Because at the end of the day, no matter how much we love our spouse or children or friends or whoever it is in your life that like is like this cornerstone in your life, at the end of the day, we're with ourselves mm-hmm. and we have to love ourselves as ourselves and the state that we are. And like, 
like you're saying, like leaning into yourself, just going in fully inward and like being like, who am I without anyone, without anything Mm -hmm. that is having, being able to find peace with that and enjoyment within ourselves as an individual. That's really the only way we can truly be whole, you know? Yeah. I think, I think the big lesson I've learned too, is I think there's a lot of cliches of like create a life you love. And when life gets hard, it can be really hard to love. And I think that's okay. But that is like a big challenge that I talk about in the book is like, what can you do to like your life where you're at to like, you know, you may not love everything about your life, but can you at least like it? Like, can you at least like the things you're getting up and doing every day? Like, can you enjoy parts and bits and pieces, even if some parts of it don't feel great, you know? Um, And that really became the challenge for me in my boot camp season. It's like, okay, life has been hard and therefore it feels kind of hard to love. But that doesn't mean there's there's not enjoyable aspects of it. That doesn't mean I can't like it. And so my challenge for myself became we're going to create a life we really like, even if there's parts of it we don't love. And that's really became the overarching anthem of Embrace Your Almost is like all about clarity and contentment, et cetera. But like, what does contentment really look like? It doesn't mean you stop aiming for what feels out of reach. It doesn't mean you quit desiring the things that you hope for. It doesn't mean you stop working toward them. It just means you lean into how can I make the life that I'm currently living, the journey I'm currently on a little bit more likable. And I think when we can lean into doing that, there really is a lot of gifts that we find. And as a result, we grow as people. And that only benefits us down the road, even if it's not where we want to be or what we want to be doing. There's so many times where I'm like, I don't care to grow. I just want the things to work out in my life, you know? But then you look back and you're like, nope, that definitely needed to happen. So anyways, that's kind of my my challenge is, can you create a life you really like, even if it's hard and hard to live? I love that, Jordan. And I love that you have all this insight and knowledge that you've been, that you've been so brave and bold to share with us. I always wrap up my podcast with leave your light, which is what do you want people to know? Hmm. I think if I had to share anything that I have learned that I would pass on, it's that it's okay to grow slow. And I heard that quote somewhere. I don't know where it came from, but I just remember that was a good reminder for me because I think we live in such a hurried world and we constantly feel like we've got to get to the next milestone in life. We've got to get to the next thing. There's expectations, there's timelines, there's all the things. And that's true to a degree, but that doesn't mean that that needs to be true for us in every degree of our life. And so just leaning into like, what area maybe do I need to slow down and be okay with maybe seeing slower growth so that it's more sustainable, whether that's professionally, personally, et cetera. Um, that's something I've had to really embrace a lot more over the last couple of years as somebody who grew really fast in many ways, um, very early in life. So yeah, I think coming back to it's okay to grow slow and what will that, whatever that looks like in your life, there's oftentimes benefits to like slowing down and being okay with growing slower. Jordan, you're amazing. Embrace your almost is out already a bestseller. I mean, gosh, like you have such a following, like you have, you have soul scripts, you have an academy, like an online, like an online school that people can go to. And like, you have all this stuff that you are sharing and offering and giving with the giving to the world. Like I am so inspired and impressed with Mm-hmm. I would never think that you were growing slow. Like <laughs> you, you have done so much in your short time on this earth, mm-hmm. but thank you for all of your wisdom and sharing everything with us and everyone. Y'all need to go get this book, embrace your almost and just learn just, we all need to learn how to embrace the waiting seasons and realizing that 
so many things in life are not going to go how we want them to go. Mm. I mean, that's just the way it's going to play out. And so learning how to find joy in those seasons and you give so many good steps and guides to how to do that. And we talked about a lot of them here, but you dive deeper into the book. So everyone needs to grab it. Thank you so much for joining me, Jordan. Thank you for having me. It was such a great time. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now right rug flooring whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks kemba financial credit union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs apply today at kemba.org to unlock a limited time two percent cash back on purchases and pay zero percent interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from kemba you deserve a card that works for you restrictions apply offer ends June 30th, 2024.